This is your Times Daily World Briefing for Tuesday the 6th of September. I'm Steve Forbes. And I'm Emily Ferrier. The UK's next Prime Minister promises to fix the cost of living crisis. I know that we will deliver, we will deliver, we will deliver. And two Russian embassy employees are killed in a blast in Afghanistan. When I got close to the stone barriers near the embassy, I heard this huge blast. Times of London Daily World Briefing. The next Prime Minister of the UK has been chosen. Former Foreign Secretary Liz Truss. Rishi Sunak, 60,399. Liz Truss, 81,326. Therefore, I give notice that Liz Truss is elected as the leader of the Conservative and Unionist Party. She beat former Chancellor Rishi Sunak by around 21,000 votes of Conservative members to be elected as the new party leader. In her victory speech following the six-week leadership contest, Ms Truss had a clear message. I know that we will deliver, we will deliver, we will deliver. And we, and we will deliver a great victory for the Conservative Party in 2024. Thank you. Thank you. She'll take over from Boris Johnson, who announced he would be stepping down as Prime Minister back in July. Both will fly to meet the Queen at Balmoral, where Mr Johnson will formally tender his resignation and Miss Truss will be asked if she can form a new government. Kirsty Buchanan was a special adviser to Ms Truss at the Ministry of Justice and has told Times Radio that the new Prime Minister has a tough job on her hands. Reality will bite and it will bite hard. She has a significant amount of challenges around you know, meeting the cost of the energy crisis, tackling the backlog on the NHS, a growing number of public sector strikes and trying to unite a party which is now deeply factional after six years of infighting and sort of Tory psychodrama. Ms Truss will be the UK's third female Prime Minister and has vowed to deliver a bold agenda of tax cuts and cost-of-living support. Labour leader Sakir Starmer congratulated Liz Truss on her win but said after 12 years of the Conservatives, only Labour could bring about real change. Well, we've heard far more from the latest Prime Minister about cuts to corporation tax over the summer than we have about the cost of living crisis, the single most important thing that's bearing down on so many millions of households. And that shows not only that she's out of touch, but she's not on the side of working people. Rishi Sunak has congratulated Liz Truss on her victory, calling for the party to unite behind the new PM. But as the Times of London's Henry Zeffman explains, today's result shows a divided party. When you combine the score that Liz Truss got, 57%, with the turnout, which was just above 80%, it means she didn't actually get the support of even half of registered Conservative Party members. I think this result will, you know, it will not uh, mean that the Conservative Party instantly all join hands and start singing Kumbaya. I think there are some quite deep tensions that are not resolved, uh, not only among its MPs, but clearly among its members too. The new Prime Minister's first plan, likely to include a freeze on energy bills in the UK, will be announced on Thursday. To Afghanistan now where two members of staff and four Afghan citizens have been killed at the Russian embassy in Kabul after an explosion near the entrance. Police say the suicide bomber had been planning to blow himself up among the crowd of people, but he was shot and killed by security forces, prompting the explosives to detonate. Moscow also confirmed another 11 people were injured in the blasts. 
On Monday, survivors of the bombing recalled their experiences just hours after the attack. Ahmed Samir was treated in Kabul hospital for head injuries following the blast. I went to the Russian embassy to get a visa. We were sitting outside, waiting for the consul to receive our papers. The consul came and we showed him our papers. He guided us towards the entrance door at the embassy. Suddenly the blast occurred and I fell on the ground. Later on, I did not understand what had happened. Russia is one of the only countries to maintain an embassy in the capital of Kabul after the Taliban took over the country last year. Moscow doesn't officially recognize the Taliban as the governing body. However, they have been in talks with officials over an agreement to supply wheat, gas, and oil. Faiz Mohammed, another victim, remembers queuing outside of the embassy when the explosion happened. I went to the embassy. When I got close to the stone barriers near the embassy, I heard this huge blast. I didn't understand what had happened to me until later. I just remember the blast threw me out on the street. My hands and legs weren't working. And my cousin ran toward me and brought me to this hospital. So far, no group has claimed responsibility for Monday's blast. On the way, a cheap weekend at the cinema brings an increase in sales and long-lost brothers are reunited. Times of London Daily World Briefing At least 65 people have reportedly been killed as a 6.6 magnitude earthquake hit southwestern China. It happened early on Monday morning in the Sichuan province, with the impact severing communication lines and triggering landslides. A level 2 national earthquake emergency response has been activated in the region, the second highest in China's four-tier system. Emergency workers have been increasing rescue efforts through the night, pulling survivors from collapsed buildings and rubble. Some 21 million people in Sichuan's capital, Chengdu, were last week ordered to stay at home because of Covid rules. The epicentre of the quake was recorded in Moxie Town in Luding County, 226 kilometres southwest of Chengdu. Temporary tents have been set up along roads as medical personnel continue to check the conditions of the injured and provide basic treatment for the residents with minor injuries. Those who were severely injured have been sent to hospitals for further treatment. To Canada now, where one of the suspects in a mass stabbing in Saskatchewan has been found dead. Ten people died and at least 19 others were injured in the attack in Saskatchewan province on Sunday. 31-year-old Damien Sanderson was found in the indigenous community, James Smith Cree Nation, and police say that he did not take his own life. Police are still seeking his brother Miles, who is on the run, and may be injured. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau addressed the massacre at a press conference. Saskatchewanians and Canadians... Uh, We'll do what we always do in times of difficulty and anguish. We'll be there for each other. Be there for our neighbours, lean on each other, help grieve and help heal. We will continue to do that and all Canadians will be with you in this difficult time. Rhonda Blackmore is a commander with the Royal Canadian Mounted Police and gave a press conference on the discovery of Damien's body. His body was located outdoors in a heavily grassed area in proximity to a house that was being examined. We can confirm he has visible injuries. These injuries are not believed to be self-inflicted at this point. The motive for the attack still remains unclear. 
The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. With more on a shock exit at the US Open, here's John Jackson. Rafa Nadal's quest for a 23rd Grand Slam tennis title goes on after he was knocked out in the last 16 of the US Open by American Francis Tiafo. The 22nd seed described his performance as unbelievable, but also benefited from an uncharacteristically poor serving and returning performance from Nadal. The Spaniard produced nine double faults across four sets. After winning both the Australian and the French Opens earlier in the year, Nadal pulled out of Wimbledon with an abdominal injury ahead of the semi-finals in July, meaning this is his first loss in a major in 2022. After the match, Nadal made no excuses for his performance, saying when you don't play at the level that you should, you can't win. Tiafo will take on Russian Andrei Rublev in the quarterfinals on Wednesday. The Times Daily World Briefing. Entertainment. Following a difficult few years for the movie industry, the first ever National Cinema Day in the US has been labelled as a resounding success. Cinema goers were lured back to the big screen with $3 tickets over the Labor Day weekend. Traditionally one of the slowest weekends for the industry, the promotion helped draw in $24.3 million for the sector, a 9% increase from the previous week. The top titles of the day were Tom Cruise's Top Gun Maverick, The Rock and Kevin Hart's DC League of Super Pets, and Brad Pitt's Bullet Train. And finally... It's a story meant for the big screen, as a pair of long-lost brothers, separated as children in 1945, are to be reunited for the first time in 77 years. British brothers Ted and Jeff Nobbs were separated at the end of the Second World War and have spent the past seven decades 10,000 miles apart. Jeff, the youngest of four boys, was split from his siblings after their mother's tragic death at the age of 30, when she lost her battle with cancer. He was put up for adoption and subsequently relocated to Australia. All three older brothers, Ted, Barry and John, had all tried several times over their lifetime to find their little brother without any success. But now, using his son Christopher's donated big haul of flyer miles to help pay for the return leg of the ticket, Ted was able to meet his long-lost brother. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Tuesday, the 6th of September. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts.